the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Hi, Southern California Live family. Scott Furrow here, but I'm not here. I'm on vacation, but the show is live. And sitting in for me today is my friend, Dudley Rutherford, the pastor of Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. Thank you, Scotty, for that introduction. It is so exciting to be here today. Uh, I love sitting in here uh, for Scott, and I don't know about you, but I love Scott Furrow. He has done just an incredible job uh, hosting SoCal Live, and uh, I I tune in all the time myself, uh, send him texts, let him know what a great job he's doing, and we certainly miss him today, but he'll be back in a few days, and it's just a privilege to sit here uh, at his desk uh, for a few days and talk to people here San Diego and uh, Los Angeles and the surrounding areas. And we're here today. Primarily, we're talking about the mass shooting that took place Saturday night in Monterey Park, where initially 10 people uh, lost their lives and 10 people were sent to the hospital, one of which uh, just passed away. So they're up to 11 deaths now. A really tragic uh, situation uh, where a 72 year old man walked into uh, this ballroom and just started firing his gun. And uh, we've, we've, we've been taking calls and listening uh, to different people. Uh, I, I, I want to play a clip of an eyewitness uh, that was there and who saw and heard the gunfire. It's a little hard to understand, uh, but you can, underst- you, can hear, you can hear the stress and the anxiety in his, in his heart as he shares what took place. So listen to this. And then we're going to talk uh, a little bit about grief and how to overcome some some things that happen to us when you're when you're really struggling when your heart is heavy. So listen listen to this clip here. I heard the quack 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 quack. Uh, I, I, first I saw this as uh, five quack, and later I, I saw people fall down, fell down, and also people uh, the, the people in the in the ballroom start running. I thought this is not quack. It's not the, the fire grab. It's something else. So I, I, I just uh, lay myself on, on the uh, on the floor and the floor. That's, and the people in front of me also they they hand things down on, on the floor. Wow. I, I mean, you're there doing something you love to do, and all of a sudden gunfire. And we live in a world that can happen any place, anywhere, anytime. And uh, we're blessed here to have uh, on our lines uh, David Page, who works at Saddleback Church. David, welcome to SoCal Live. Oh, Dave, 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 Dave. I'm here. Hey, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So, Dave, uh, tell little people, uh, you, you work at Saddleback. How long have you been working at Saddleback? Yeah, so I actually started a couple of daughter churches for Saddleback uh, 20 years ago mm-hmm. and did that for 20 years. And the last six years, I've been working at Saddleback, and I'm in our pastoral care department. I'm a pastor of pastoral care, and I'm like our grief pastor at Saddleback. 
So this is like a new initiative uh, with the church? It is. We have a grief community we started um, bringing people who have lost loved ones, the bereaved, uh, into a community. Uh, because we say that the grief, um, it never ends because our love never ends. And, and so you're in charge of people who are grieving at, at your church uh, or people all around the country or just, just at your church? Are you, you dealing with who? We're dealing with the people at our church. It's an initiative at Saddleback Church, uh, Hope for Grief Community. Kay Warren started Hope for Mental Health. Uh, four years ago, and we just recently started the Hope for Grief. But it has a larger, because Saddleback has a, a large impact, the platform, we have an influence beyond just our 19 campuses um, to to the United States and even the world. So tell, tell us a little bit how the ministry works and how you're able to minister to people. Yeah, so the way the ministry works, we kind of, we have events that are for people who are grieving. Um, We call it our community event, our grief community event. And people come, people who've lost loved ones recently, some others, some who are workers who work with those in grief. And uh, we talk about um, grief, their grief, um, music and grief, the scriptures, which are so encouraging in grief, theology, people have a hard time processing when something like this happens, a shooting that happened in Monterey Park, uh, processing that and integrating that with your faith and still being able to reach out to others and love them, it triggers grief in us when something like that happens. And so we deal with that and individual grief that people have. Yeah, and when you look at the events that took place uh, Saturday night, can you even begin to describe the people that survived that shooting what they go through uh, post, yeah. post, you know, traumatic syndrome, I would say. Yeah, it's traumatic. Um, they're probably in shock, just like the families who lost their loved ones and friends of those who lost their loved ones. And there's a survivor's guilt that comes with it that is real. It's like, well, I was right next to this person and they were shot and I lived. And they feel guilty about that. Uh, guilt usually accompanies grief on a, in almost every instance, uh, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, but it, it, it accompanies grief. And so I'm sure they're just in shock um, beside themselves, uh, you know, that they, they survived and the other ones didn't. And they're grieving so deeply for those that were there that were their friends. I think of Psalm 23, 4 that says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And uh, I I, I think of, you know, anyone who finds himself today in the midst of of suffering and depression and darkness, what are some of the practical steps that you you would share with someone to, to, to get through that period? Yeah, it is a dark time, um, and um, we know that God is light, and we know that He's there. Uh, people ask sometimes, you know, I'm sure some of your listeners have asked you, Dudley, where was God, you know, when this happened? How could He allow this to happen if He's a good God? And I like to say that God's right next to us. He's right beside us. 
you know, Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he heals those who are crushed in spirit. So the hope is, is that God is right with us. He's present with us. He's in that dark valley. He is our light and he's, he's stepping in. He's, he's working on healing us and putting us back together and healing our broken heart. There's actually a Psalm, Psalm 98.1, in the message translation, it says that God's rolling up his sleeves. So it's like God didn't cause this. We know that. We have free choice, and this shooter chose to do this. But God comes in. It's like God's rolling up his sleeves, and he's coming in to set things right and to help heal and to help minister to and, and heal broken hearts as a result of this tragedy. You know, you know, the Bible says over and over again that he will never leave us and that he will never forsake us. That's right. It, it, but it doesn't mean that we're still immune to suffering and heartache and pain, correct? No, no. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So part of living in the world, it's a sin-stained world, and we are not immune as believers, um, and we grieve. I mean, I think the big thing is we all need to grieve and feel these feelings, um, but not like those who have no hope. Mm. You know, the Bible gives us hope for the believer that we have a living hope in Jesus Christ. And we also know we have a hope in heaven, ultimately. Um, but, uh, but we are to grieve, and God designed our bodies to grieve, Dudley. He's designed us to feel the feelings, and he's designed us that way. Um, and it's a part of life and living is is loss and grieving. Yeah, I think, too, uh, David, I'm talking to David Page, uh, who works at Saddleback Church, and he's involved with their grief ministry there, which is a kind of a new ministry they have going there. But, Dave, I think about uh, the, the, the text in the Bible that says that there's no temptation that we experience that the Lord didn't experience himself, and yes. h- how God must how God must have felt such sorrow when he saw his own son die on the cross. So he knows, he knows how we feel, what we feel when, when we go through loss of life, uh, where we lose a loved one. Absolutely. People don't think about it, but God lost a son. God knows what it's like to be a son and his son was murdered. It was, it was, it was the worst murder of all time. And, and, and God knows what that's like. And I, I believe God weeps. I believe God weeps over these lost lives, over these Asian lives that were lost, and it, it's just—it's just such a tragedy. My heart's just broken, and and I think as Christians, it's—it's it's an opportunity for us to show our Asian friends and loved ones how much they matter, and you know the Bible says, "Rejoice with those who who rejoice." And to mourn mm. with those who mourn, mm. and this this is a this is a time of mourning for us collectively, collective grief, a time of mourning with our brothers and sisters, with those who were, lo- who were lost and with the families. So when it says to mourn with those who mourn, do you, you, do you think that that is just an emotional support or more, or more than just emotionally feeling what they feel? I think it's more than, I think it begins with the emotions and feeling the feelings. Um, but there's a part of it where we want to witness their grief. 
Um, we want to be able to come alongside to pray. It's it's not enough just to do Facebook posts and Instagram posts, you know, and you know that kind of thing. Um, it's it's something where we have to come alongside. We have to acknowledge. We have to witness. Um, we we have to be proactive and do what we can to help in this situation. I I I remember just 2020 March, my own father passed away. He was 87 years of age and he died right, right when COVID hit. And it it was the, I've been a pastor my entire life, but it was the hardest thing I ever went through. And yet I knew, I knew it was better that he no longer was suffering. And I knew he was with Jesus, but it was still the most difficult thing I have ever been through. And I I remember what it was like yesterday, even though it happened several years ago. And you know, until it happens to you, you don't you don't really understand. My brother uh, went through a, a bunch of cancer treatment. I've never had cancer, so I don't really know what that's like. But yes. you know, once my dad died, I was able to relate to anyone who'd lost a parent. Uh, we j- yes. we recently had a staff member who just lost a a child. Uh, the 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 week before Christmas, they had presents underneath the trees. Uh, they 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 had two boys and they longed for a girl and they had a little baby girl, and they were the the family was complete. And their few days before Christmas, this little baby girl's fourteen months old. She's fourteen, and uh, she had some problems. Uh, I think I want to say. Uh, with her liver or her kidney or something, and they took her in the hospital that night, and she passed away in her mother's arms that night. And oh. then they, they literally had to pry the baby out of the mother's arms, you know, and then, then they had Christmas a few days later, and they, they had these gifts underneath oh. the tree to give to her. It was a heart-wrenching situation. Our entire staff uh, was heartbroken, but oh, it's during those times, uh, David. It was it was the text, it's the phone calls, it's it's the checking in on people that that carries yes. you through the, those situations, yes. and it, it it explains yes. why we need these support systems. We need the support systems, and that's exactly you're exactly right. Um, they need to know that their loved one's life mattered. A 14-month-old, your dad was an amazing man. Yes, uh, a role model, a, a unbelievable pastor, um, father, um, churchman, all of that. Your, your dad was amazing. As was my dad. I lost my dad, and I lost. We lost a five-year-old daughter. You know, so I know one of the hardest losses. Every loss is hard. Mm. You know, I tell people that you know we don't want to compare losses. The worst loss is your loss. You know, um, we all have losses, um, but losing a child isn't natural. You know, you're not you're never supposed to bury a child, a 14 month old, a five month old, even an adult child. Um, They're not supposed to go before parents. And when that happens, it is so it is so complicated. It is so hard to come back from that and to bounce back and to be resilient um, but God gives us the strength. That's the one thing I say, we never get over it. You know, we don't move on. We don't get over it. Uh, but, but God helps us. They be, it's like, they become a part of us, Dudley. Your dad 
is a part of you. Mm. He'll be a part of you for the rest of your life till you go see him again. And uh, my daughter, Jackie, she's a part of me. Uh, she will always be a part of me. You, you have traits like your dad. You're, mm. you're like your dad in so many ways, you know. And um, it, it's just an amazing thing how God does that. They become part of the landscape of our life. So people say, well, they're not here anymore. Yeah, we know they're not here physically, but they're in our hearts. They're in our, they're in our minds. They're in our souls. Um, and that's, that's the comfort that comes from it. So, Dave, uh, on a practical level, uh, you know, so yeah. someone comes up and says, hey, I lost my dad. My dad died, uh, let's say, uh, two days ago. Yeah. What is there? What is there in me that says, oh, yeah, my dad just died. And instead of really comforting them, somehow I think by me telling them my dad passed away that somehow oh, that's bringing yes. comfort to them it's not really that doesn't really bring comfort to them does it no, I, I feel no. like so often someone tells us something they're going through before they get the sentence out of their mouth we turn the conversation oh. back to ourselves. yes Dudley, you're hitting on a huge issue um a mentor of mindset started a book by saying it's not about you and that's really important to remember when you're talking with somebody about grief and about their grief, you know, some of the best and worst things to say, one of the worst things you can do, like if you said, you know, Dave, my dad just died or my son just died. Right. For me to say, oh, well, Dudley, I know how you feel because I lost my dad 10 years ago. Or to say, oh, Dudley, I can't imagine, see what I'm doing? Yes. I can't imagine losing my dad. See, it now it takes it off of you and how you're feeling. Now it's putting it on me. Right. And it's not about me. So, so Dave, this, the day, that happens all the time. Yes. It happens all the time. It's, it's our, I think it's our, it's our human tendency. Um, and I don't think it's. I think it's just misplaced. I don't think people mean it bad. Correct. They feel bad. So they're feeling bad because you're feeling bad, and they're trying to cheer you up, right? Right. So they'll say things like, well, at least he was 87, Dudley. He lived a long life. Well, I don't care how long they live. It's still your dad, right? It still hurts. And right. So that's not, or, you know, they died doing something they loved. Well, these, the people on the, on the Lunar New Year, they were dancing. It was a ballroom. They were celebrating. Some of them were there that are, they love dancing, but that doesn't help. They died dancing. It was something they loved. You know, we need to witness their grief. We need to acknowledge it. And I think one of the best things to just say is just, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. That must really hurt. And, and keep it on them. Don't use what I call toxic positivity, like at least. Anytime you begin with at least, you should stop yourself because that you're going down a road you don't want to go down. It's not going to be helpful. Or bright-siding. You're, you're just trying to give fluffy responses. And sometimes, Dudley, we even do this with religious terms. Well, at least he's in heaven. Or all things happen for a purpose. I believe that. Mm. And, and I, I think God brings good out of our tragedies and that he's going to bring good even out of this tragedy in Monterey Park. 
but that's not necessarily the time to say it at that time. Mm. So you are absolutely right. We have got to witness their grief, validate their grief without our stuff getting involved in it. Hey, Dave, can you stay with me uh, through the break and do uh, one more uh, sure. session with me? Uh, again, I, we're talking to David Page. Uh, he's been in California forever, works down at Saddleback Church, and they do a, a ministry uh, called Grief or Hope for Grief, Hope in Grief. And we'll have him explain more about that out of the break. But they're so, you know, none of us are immune from heartache. Every single person that you see in this city is going through some type of of heartache. And God has called us, uh, you know, to come alongside uh, the verse that David shared earlier with Psalm 34, verse 18, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. There's another verse in Isaiah. I I love that he talks about uh, how he gathers the lambs and he holds them close. He gathers us and he holds them close to his heart. And uh, just a powerful uh, picture of whatever you're going through that the Lord is holding you dear. And so we want to we want to take this short break. Please don't go anywhere. We're going to talk more about what took place in Monterey Park. We're going to talk about grief, specifically what to say, what to do when you're hurting, when you meet someone else who's hurting. We want to equip you and give you some some resources that will enable you to minister in the way that would would be honoring uh, to both that person and to the Lord. You're listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Oh, it is Dudley Rutherford filling in for Scott Furrow today at SoCal Live. And we are all over Los Angeles and San Diego. We're excited that you're lit with us here today. And uh, we've been talking to David Page, who works at Saddleback Church. But we're also, we've been having people call in to share their thoughts on what took place uh, in, in Monterey Park Saturday night, where not just 10, but the 11th person just passed away in a hospital. And uh, we wanted to take a call from Ted, who's been waiting uh, for quite a while. Ted, welcome to SoCal Live. How you doing, Pastor Dudley, Ted, City of the Angels? Thank, thank, thank you for your patience, and I am. We are in the city of angels. Amen, amen. <laughs> Born and raised. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the Asian community is notorious for not going to the police, and then which allows their gangs uh, to control them. And you know, they don't even like using our banking. They're very secretive, and which is not helpful. And the fact that in Monterey Park, you know, they did want to you know, abolish the police. Well, this is an eye opener that, uh, you know, sometimes we got to take three steps back before we can take one good step forward. And, and what if, what if a friend told me, what if there wasn't any police? And, uh, the reason why Japan didn't land on the mainland is, is they said later because they knew every American owned a gun. It's for self-defense. Um, we do not lead the world in gun violence uh, that actually I believe South Africa does because no one can own a gun. So therefore the people who do have guns kill everybody. And so uh, we're actually safer with guns. And, uh, you know, I've taken guns away from people when I was young uh, through, you know, fist fighting and they're pulling out guns. And, you know, there's always a way around everything. I feel much safer with guns in this country. 
And uh, God bless David for serving our country and, and his take on everything. But I disagree with him. Um, uh, it's, it's humanity. And this is proof that, you know, he, it's my understanding he was an Asian man that killed Asians. And uh, this is not good. We need our police. You know, they're not uh, a cleanup crew that just comes in after everybody, you know, it's like a you know, bull in the ring, you know, and then they come clean up the mess. That's the, it, we need preventative stuff. The only way you can protect people is that they have to come out and talk about it. And this man obviously had problems, and the Asian community does not speak up enough. And that is not good for us. We need our police. We need uh, protection. And, uh, and, and, and every community knows this. Uh, even the black community know, knows this. They feel safe with the police. It is, it's just the uh, non-law-abiding people that are basically uh, don't want any police because they want to do what they want to do. And that's not good. And that's not good at all. So, um, you know, that's my take on all of that. And, uh, you know, God's going to find a way for all of us, Pastor Dudley. And uh, that's just what's your take on anything I've said? Well, uh, you, you said quite a bit there. Uh, I, 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 I don't necessarily, I don't think in my life, I, I never like to put everybody in one camp uh, where I say all black people are all Asian people. And I think you made some blank, blanket statements there that may or may not be true, but I do appreciate your thoughts, and one of the things that I, I, I firmly and totally agree with you on is the fact that the reason some people don't want police is because they want to commit crime. Now, that, that's not true for everyone, and that's kind of a blanket statement, but uh, I, I appreciate you calling, and I, you know, uh, when, 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 we, when we open up the phone lines, you never know. That's it's why we do it. It's because we want to hear from from everybody. So I appreciate uh, your words and your thoughts on there. Uh, again, my name's Dudley Rutherford. I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church. I'm filling in for Scott Furrow here on SoCal Live. We have a guest, uh, David Page, who works at Saddleback in a ministry dealing with grief. David, you've had your own fair share of of things to grieve over, correct? We have. I say we, my family. <clears throat> so uh, I. I say with grief ministry, it's not a ministry I chose. It chose me. Mm. Um, when we were up, you remember when we went up to Auburn in Sacramento and started a church uh, in the mid-90s, and um, we were just uh, uh, four years into that work, and our daughter got a terminal brain tumor, and she was diagnosed, and six weeks later she died in our arms. Mm. And so uh, going through that experience mm. uh, really changed us, you know, and uh, we're different people today. Her brother and sister are different. My wife and I are different. Um, you grow as a result of that, and there's some wonderful things that can come out of it, uh, but it's it's a tough, long road. David, the, the gentleman, you, did you hear the previous caller? I did. Yeah, about guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on all and all that that he just said? 
Yeah, you know, I'd rather not comment on yeah. that. I, I think it's more important to kind of focus on the grief and yeah. what's happened. The, the thing that know? the thing that bothered me most about that was just a lack, and and I'm not saying he had didn't have any, but there was a lack of compassion for those who were truly hurting at this hour. And I, 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 think, I that's think what we should focus on. I think yeah. there's a time and a place. To, to to be political about the guns and the Second Amendment and all those types of issues. But yes. um, there are people yes, right now who are literally craving. And I read earlier, I don't know if you heard it, but uh, Chuck Schumer, who did a post immediately uh, blaming it, basically saying it was a hate crime. And again, it was yeah. it was virtue signaling, which we tend to do a lot of times when there's tragedy. Instead of right. instead of truly, you mentioned it earlier, rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning for those who mourn. Yeah. And and as a believer, I think there's a place and a time for us to be vocal and to be political and to get out and vote and to yes. let and and to take stances. I I. I you know, some people think Christians shouldn't take stances. I, I disagree with that. We need to take stance. But it's been, yeah. I mean, it's been 24 hours since the shooting. Um, and, yeah. and I just think, no, I think as a nation, we should be grieving over this situation. And and not just this situation, but the the amount of people being murdered all over this country should be crushing our hearts that we live in such an evil world. It, it's just tragic. This this is just brutal, and and I agree with you, Dudley. I think we should be mourning. You know, in the in the Jewish religion and the, at the time of Jesus, they would sit shiva, s h i v a, sitting shiva. They would come alongside their loved ones and just be with them at their home for seven days and not even say a word. Just the ministry of presence because it is so devastating. And we're just, like you said, you know, we're just 24, 48 hours out from this tragedy. And what the world still goes on to the people who lost their loved ones, they can't even imagine, they can't believe that the world has gone on, their loved ones gone. And at least in this kind of loss, there is a recognition and we are talking about it even right now. And our nation is talking about it. And it's one of the worst shootings in California ever in our state. We're talking about it. Um, and they're even flying flags at half mass, I think, through Wednesday or through the end of the week. Mm. But um, but to the people who've lost the loved ones, it's it's all consuming. And they just need our prayers and our, our and comfort and hope and our love in, in all different ways. So, David, I think the church, during times like this, this this is our time to shine. This is our time to gather Absolutely. around those who are hurting. Yes. And I think it happens far more than what we realize or see that, that, that people care and actually do great things, and it goes unnoticed and unseen. Uh, yes. I, I, I want to go back to just a year or so ago I had a daughter who got covid and she was about 2 months she was about 2 months from 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 giving birth 
and they put her anyway. into they had to take her into the uh, ER. But during yeah. COVID, we couldn't go see her. So here's my daughter. She's about to give yeah. birth. She's got COVID. She's pregnant. The number, her, all her numbers are going south, and uh, they decide they've got to get that baby. They got to go get the baby uh, by C-section or induced labor. One of the two. They got to get that baby out of her because she is fighting for her life and the life of this baby. So they ended up. Yes. They 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 got the baby. Uh, they induced labor. A uh, little guy came out as strong and healthy, as handsome as ever. But she had to stay in the hospital. She had to stay in the hospital because she had COVID, and uh, yeah. she was bleeding. They had to give her a, a blood thinner, and she was basically bleeding out. And they dropped off three kids. They dropped off a five-year-old, uh, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and an infant baby. They dropped off the baby at my house. And oh, so wow. me and my wife, empty nesters, we we got three children now that we – I mean – we're still trying to run the church and everything. Yeah. But David, David, for I've been here for almost 40 years. My wife has been taking lunches and dinners to people in our church who lost a loved one. Yes. And I I kept thinking, man, you sure take food to a lot of people. Yes. But I didn't realize until people in the church started dro- dropping off food at our house where we're trying to care for all these people and we're in over our heads how important community yeah. was. And how important having wow. a church family was in our life. It, so, it was unbelievable. So huge. Yeah, we, we experienced that. It, it's so huge, as you found out. And, you know, we as pastors, Dudley, we have a hard time receiving, don't we? We do. We like to give. We like to give. We're always giving, but we have a hard time accepting and receiving from others. And when our daughter died, mm. let me tell you. Mm. The church, the church mm. was the church in all the best ways, and they rallied around us and the meals on meals and the rides for our kids and the you know sent me and Carrie to a special place just to get away and process and you know helped in so many ways and just hundreds of cards and letters and. And, and phone calls and everything. It was just, it was an amazing time. And we just felt, we felt so loved. And so at our darkest hour, right, mm. we felt so loved. And that's, that's what we're to do. We're to be the church. We're to come alongside and to, to love in practical ways. They were showing practical love to you. Okay, David, we're going to take another break. Brother, you got to stay with me one more section, man. You can do this, correct? All right. Yes, I can take You got a few more minutes. I I have a question to ask you about specifically how how does the church come around those who are hurting? And you're the guy uh, to answer this question. And I just want to thank everyone who's listening and stay with me through this break. Uh, you're, You're listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. We will be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Uh, you might feel like you're going under, but God is in control. Oh, you got to love that. This is Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor, Shepherd Church, Porter Ranch, California. I'm filling in for the great Scott Furrow, who does an incredible job here each and every day. 
Monday through Friday from 3 to 5. And we thank you for tuning in, KKLA and uh, KPraise. And uh, we're, we've got David Page uh, on the phone, who's a pastor, been in Southern California forever, it seems, and leads a ministry at Saddleback Church uh, where they help people who are grieving. And we just felt like today, uh, Monday after the shooting in Monterey Park, that there's a lot of people with just heavy hearts. And not just that situation, but each of us are going through, you know, problems and difficulties. Uh, I got a note just a little while ago that there were two, I believe, students who were shot in Iowa today and uh, killed there. So uh, all over the country, uh, this happens. And we're not really trying to solve these problems politically right now, but we're, we're trying to deal with them on a spiritual level and, and to see where the church comes alongside uh, those who are grieving. And David, uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us here as, as we uh, wrap up this hour. But I, I, I can't help but think, and we've known each other a long time, and we've been in yeah. ministry. And when you're in ministry, especially at a church like Saddleback, that is a large church, which gives you a pretty good picture of what's going on in culture and in society uh, as a whole, I, I can't, I can't even possibly imagine going through these difficulties and not knowing the Lord, not having the Lord in your life. And we as Christians, as you talked about, we grieve, but we don't grieve without hope. We grieve with hope. So gr- grieving is a is, boy, it's 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 almost like getting shot. But as believers, we have hope. But what yes. what do what do people do that don't know the Lord? What what do people do that don't have the church? What do people do that don't have a personal relationship or the assurance of everlasting life? I, I mean, I I know when my dad was suffering, I didn't want him to suffer anymore. I hurt every day of my life. I hurt that he's no longer here. But I rejoice because I know he's to be absent in the bodies to be present with the Lord because of his faith. That's right. But but how do people get through this? That that don't know the Lord. Tell you, it's so it's so it's so brutally hard to get through this, even when you know the Lord. Um, and when you don't know the Lord, what people usually do is isolate themselves. And the thing about grief, I, I hope your your listeners will remember this. The thing about grief is you can't get through it alone. You need other people. You need a community. Um, that's why we started our community at Saddleback for grieving people because they need, we need each other. I'm part of that community and we need each other. And yes, the Lord is there. He's right beside us. The Bible says and he heals our broken heart, but he uses others in community to do that. He doesn't just do it. He uses his followers, his hands and his feet to be there and to listen and to validate their grief, and to walk alongside, and to weep with them, and to bring meals to them, and to help counsel with them, and provide that hope that what, what a lot of people ask me, Dudley, and their, their biggest concern is, and, and there's a part of this that those who lost their loved ones in this terrible shooting in Monterey Park are dealing with is, will my life ever be good again? Like, this is it. We, this is the, it's over. It's over because we lost this loved one or this tragedy. Will my life ever be good again? And I tell people, yes, 
there's hope in Jesus Christ. And yes, it can be good again. It's going to take time. There's a lot to process, and grief is work. But in the long run, there is so much hope. And yes, your life can be good again because God is good. And that, I think, is our foundation. And don't don't we, David, encourage those that, that don't know the Lord, that don't have a church, you're not in a small group, Go get oh. go, go get to church. Open up that Bible. Read through well, the read can, through the read through yes. Psalms. Yes, a church like Saddleback, a church like Shepherd Church, where you pastor, these are churches where people can come, and they're going to be accepted. They're going to be loved. There's going to be people who are going to come alongside you, and welcome you, and help you in your grief, and and they're going to have understanding and add perspective. And they're genuinely care. They genuinely care. We offer we offer funerals. Anybody at Saddleback, you don't have to be a member, anybody in the community, we do free funerals. We just want to bless our people and help people in our community to to do that, to, to say we're here for you. We we wanna help. We wanna be known we wanna be known for our love, not what we're against. You know, so many times churches are known for what they're against. We want to be known for what we do and for what we're for, and we're for helping brokenhearted people. And Jesus, when he he looked at the masses and the crowds, he he was a man of yes. compassion. Yes, a man of yes. compassion, and uh, he was a man of compassion. And the Bible says he's also a man of sorrow. Uh, Jesus knew what it was like to sorrow. You know, the Book of Isaiah talks about that. Uh, he was a man of sorrow, and he was a man of compassion. And and then you flip to First Corinthians chapter two, verses three and four. It says, "Praise be to the God our Father, the Father of compassion and all comfort, and He's comforted us with the comfort that's helped us. He's helped you with your dad, me with my daughter, and so that you and I can turn, and the church can turn around." and help those with the same comfort that we've received. There's a purpose in it. We've been comforted so that we can help others. And, how, and, and you know, what do you say to people who say, why, why, why and this is a loaded question for a whole other hour, but, but why does God allow evil? Why is there evil in the world? Yeah, um, I think it's because we have turned against God as a culture, mm-hmm. as a world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone our own way, right? And um, we live in a world where, like we just saw last Saturday night, where people kill one another. And God could have set up a system where he, we were just robots and, and we would you know, respond in obedience every time. But part of his love is giving us free will. And so we have a choice what we're going to do with our lives. Now, there's consequences to those choices, but he gives us a choice, and we can choose to follow him or not to follow him. And we live in in that sin-stained world, and because of the sin, we see shootings. Because of the sin, we see all these other things. But the reality is God is good, and his plan for us is good, his future for us is good. And um, it doesn't exempt us from the pain and suffering, but we have a God who's with us and walks through it 
with us in the midst of our suffering. And he redeems our suffering. Mm. That's what's unique to the Christian faith. It's not just suffering for suffering. He brings redemption out of the suffering. Mm. There's a purpose for our pain. Mm. David, David, how can someone get a hold of you or get involved with your ministry if they need to? Yeah, so um, they could contact Saddleback Church. It's just saddleback.com. Or uh, there's a website I have called Grief Page. My last name is Page, P-A-G-E. So just griefpage.com or just davepage.org, my name, davepage.org. Those three would all reach me. And we have, we do have, you had talked about the Hope for Grief ministry we have. We do have a Hope for Grief um, YouTube of videos that could be, be very helpful on grief to your listeners. And just go to YouTube and put in Hope for Grief and Saddleback, and they'll be able to find that. We even recorded our last Hope for Grief meeting uh, in the resources there. Well, David, thank you so much. I I, 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 I got to tell you, I, I personally was blessed uh, by listening and talking and visiting with David Page and want to encourage you, if you're going through a tough time, you know, Saddleback is down in Orange County. If you live up in the Valley, if you live down in San Diego, there's some great churches near you. Uh, ask around, and uh, people will point you into the right direction. But also, griefpage.com. His last, na- his last name is Page, P-A-G-E, just like the turning of a page, griefpage.com. And I want to encourage each of you to keep the situation and the people that were involved uh, in the Monterey shooting to keep them in your prayers. And you say, well, what does that do? Well, God, God can and will answer our prayers via the Holy Spirit. Even if you don't know people there, you know of the situation there, and God will respond. Uh, The Bible makes that very, very clear that we are to pray and to share the things that are heavy upon our hearts. And I just want to encourage you to lift lift up the people who are hurting and suffering this day. Thank you so much uh, for being here today. Again, my name is Dudley Rutherford. I'm just filling in for Scott uh, Furrow. I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And thank you today for listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.